Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. Today we're going to discuss the beauty of doing nothing. While everyone is telling you to go, go, go and chase your New Year's resolutions, we're going to pop in this week to remind you to just stop a moment or two and allow yourself to just be. This concept of doing nothing, it's really gaining popularity lately. I think it's called Nixon. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Many confuse it with meditation or mindfulness, but Nixon is about doing nothing, being or feeling any certain way. It's just the art of allowing yourself to sit and stare out a window or veg out on your couch or your deck and just do nothing. Studies show that taking moments in our day to practice this is not a sign of laziness. Rather, it helps us reduce stress and anxiety. Studies have even shown that it helps fight off the common cold. So, Denise, when I was trying to research this new trendy concept of doing nothing, it really struck me that I haven't done nothing in a long time. I haven't either, and I think it's almost uncomfortable sometimes. And I was talking with someone quite a while ago and in a friendship kind of way, and they were talking about, well, you're always so busy. You always so stay so busy. You don't relax. You don't sit down. And, but I think that can be because it wasn't an option for so long. And I don't mean that in a martyr way. I mean it more life is busy. And when you're spinning so many plates and if you have young children or you're a single parent or you're working an intensive job or it doesn't matter, fill in the blank. I think sometimes we get on that track of always moving, always going, always keeping up, that it's really uncomfortable to try to do nothing. And just for people who might be listening, it's N-I-K-S-U-N. It's not like the old president. Well, you know, my friend Allison and I have this tradition of going to the beach every New Year's Eve and just walking and reflecting on our year. And I had such a, we all had such a crazy, weird year, right? And so we're just talking about it. And I was saying how, like, in addition to having to morph into like a a homeschool teacher, I'm taking care of two parents in two different households now. And I just feel pulled in all these different directions. And my friend Allison said, well, we're just in a really busy season. And I turned to her and I said, you say that every year. This is a long bleeping season. So I do think that there are times in our life where it does feel busier. But when I was reading about this idea of doing nothing, I thought about when I was younger, when I was a kid or even in high school and college, there were so many moments. I mean, sitting in class, how many times would you just stare out the window and think of freedom beyond those classroom walls? Or how many times will you be driving in the back seat with your parents up front and you would just zone out in the back seat and just go off into your own world? Or just taking a walk in the woods as a kid? Like I, I feel like children naturally do this. But for me, I don't sit and do nothing. Even when I'm watching TV, I'm doing something. I'm folding laundry. I'm doing something. Okay. But also, if you're not doing something, then it gets backed up and it's more stress and anxiety to try to get caught back up because you took. But I'm I'm not discounting the importance of, of doing nothing. I think it's vital. And I think another part to this is we're so tuned into our technology all the time. 
and I, I've had to really work on this with my morning writing. I usually have my phone and like to record like the time and the track, the temperature and the weather. It's just kind of a thing I like to do. So I look on my phone and then I've caught myself lately when I'm writing is reaching for my phone to look something up or to verify or to, instead of being present in the moment with what I'm doing. And I think that this is another part of being able to do nothing. Is that being present with whatever you are or wherever you are? Right, right. And that's, that's really at the crux of what we're talking about is just allowing yourself to really enjoy that zoned out state of doing nothing and not feeling that constant monkey mind pressure to dance, 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 go, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. Right. There's always going to be something we need to be doing. That's just being a human. However, we have to also engage our relaxation, our spirituality, our inner peace and what studies are showing is that this is one way of doing it. And it's not meditating. It's not mindfulness. It's not sitting in lotus position saying, I am. It's simply allowing your yourself to do nothing. Because I think that's when we can get inspiration is when we are doing nothing. That can be where you get the insight from your higher self or from spirit, or you're trying to figure out how to fix something or how to rework something. And when your mind is quiet, sometimes those thoughts can come in much more easily than if you're in that constant place of of concentrating or trying to figure it out. Well, I think it's so interesting that you said that because when I was researching this Nixon thing, it led me down this rabbit hole about daydream research. And I found Mm -hmm. this really interesting and wanted to share it with everyone. It can be weird right? To just sit and do nothing, especially if you're a goer doer like Denise and I, you might feel uncomfortable, but it's really important to push through this weird feeling of, I don't deserve to sit and rest and do nothing. I can't be lazy and just allow yourself this moment without, like you were saying, Denise, without phones, tablet, TV, music, books, nothing, just wandering off into idle thoughts and nothingness. Now, some people are afraid of practicing this Nixon because their thoughts might lead them down memory lane to past regrets or sadness, which can make this idle, refreshing moment actually kind of sad and anxious. This is where the art of daydreaming can help. So here's what I read. Science is proving that daydreaming helps keep our minds sharp and actually helps us turn our goals and dreams into reality. And so I think it's important if you do want to practice this Nixon and you're afraid of allowing your thoughts to wander. Do you know what I mean, Denise? You know how sometimes if you do allow yourself to just sit and be for a moment, sometimes melancholy thoughts come to the surface. Sometimes stressful or sad or anxious thoughts come to the surface and you're like, screw this. I'm going back to the laundry. (laughs) It's true. And, and I think with the past year and the past several months of a lot of old release and letting go and those memories bubbling to the surface or those old situations bubbling to the surface so we can finally release them, that's an excellent point. It is easier to stay busy than to uh, face those and say, okay, have I done my work around this and it's ready to release. So we're not saying ignore all of that and push it down. We're not. No. 
because that's a really good thing. I think we need to allow those melancholy, regretful, anxious, stressful thoughts to come to the surface because the more we repress them, the louder they get. And then they'll pop out in other ways like back pain, neck pain, hip joint issues, or they'll just eep out into chaotic, stressful burst of emotions. So you do need to allow those to come to the surface. But if you're just sitting there and you're like in this moment or this state of mind where that's not going to be helpful to you that day, then consider practicing daydreaming. A study recently showed that people who daydream are smarter than their more focused peers. Scientists have also shown that the brain processes a daydream the same way it does a memory. This means that when you daydream, your subconscious is storing this as memory, as fact. Once you get an idea or a belief into your subconscious, you can bring your goals from the dream state into real time. Have you seen all those studies, Denise, haven't you, where they'll have like Olympic athletes run through their routine in their mind while they're hooked mm-hmm. up to all these things and their muscles react the same way as if they're actually running the race or doing the rowing competition or whatever it is? Right. I find that fascinating. So if you want to practice Nixon and you want to also work on manifesting your New Year's goals, why not combine the two and allow your mind to wander into a daydream? Because our subconscious mind is a really tricky thing. We don't have a lot of control over what gets stored there. It's designed to protect us, which means we tend to store things in our subconscious that are charged with strong emotions. The highs and lows of our life get stored here. Memories that are rooted in strong emotions like fear or joy, those get stored in the unconscious. Metaphysics has taught us that we can change the inner programming of our subconscious through repetitive affirmations. And you guys know I love affirmations. I use them every day. They do work. However, they take a lot of time. The problem is always getting your subconscious on board in a timely manner. So a lot of us who have tried to retrain our brain only to be stopped by old tape wearing their ugly head in the form of limiting beliefs or self-sabotage kind of get stuck with our New Year resolutions about a month or two in and we start hitting roadblocks. Our subconscious mind loves to tell us what we can't do by playing and replaying old tapes, old memories of our past perceived failures. But if we can replace these old memories with positive future memories in the form of daydreams, we can remove these subconscious blocks. So what do you think about using Nixon that way to let your mind wander into a happy daydream? I think that's important. I think that's incredibly important. And going back to the affirmations for a second, I, I always end my writing in the morning with affirmations and a lot of them are very similar. They're, they're, they're great. I love them. But this morning when I was writing, I realized it was, it was rote. It was automatic. I wasn't really feeling what I was writing. I wasn't really conscious of, of the words I was putting on the paper. And I, I like refocused my attention and thought, you know, do I really believe what I'm writing? Do I really feel this? So I think that's an important consideration with the affirmations is what sometimes we'll get into that habit of saying them over and over and over, but we're not really it we're not really paying attention to what we're saying or feeling when we're pronouncing them. Does that yes. have you ever had that happen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You'll say it and inside you're thinking, no, you're Something not. Something else. 
yeah, yeah or we'll be thinking of something else as we're routinely we're in that routine we're in that rut and that's not the point of that kind of work yeah on new year's day i always try to spend doing whatever I want to do, because I've been taught that how you spend the first day of the new year kind of sets the tone. So I was like, great, if I want to have an easy, fun year, I'm going to spend this day watching TV, reading and eating ice cream. So (laughs) that's what I was doing. (laughs) And I'm eating a bowl of ice cream and I'm saying my affirmation every day and every way I'm getting better and better. And I looked out at the bowl of ice cream and I was like, hell you are if you keep putting this in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, I get that. Also, I was reading, I got a book for myself over the holidays. It's something like The Course of Miracles Made Easy or something like that. Oh, I have that book. Do you? Yeah. Well, I've only read the first chapter and I got stuck because the first chapter starts with the guy telling a story about how his friend comes home to his New York City apartment to find a robber in there trying to burglar his home. And the burglar is trying to escape out the fire escape route through the window in the bedroom. And the guy says, wait, stop. I won't call the police. You must need help. Come inside and we'll talk. And the guy did. And he told him how he's trying to get over a drug addiction and he's going to get evicted. And so the man gave him cash and they hugged and the burglar guy went on his way. Now, it's a lesson about how in every moment, you know, the Course in Miracles teaches us we can choose to react from love or fear. And in that moment, the author's friend chose to react in love, and the situation ended lovingly. Isn't that a beautiful story, Denise? It is, but my mind immediately went to, that would not be my reaction. Thank you. My mind went... Okay, this is where my mind went. I could totally see myself coming home and finding that and going, okay, I'm going to choose to react in love and saying, you know, let's talk. And the guy totally assaulting me. And I can picture myself saying, sitting there going, as I'm being beaten up, what the hell are you thinking, Samantha? So I'm glad I'm not the only one that my mind went right there. And I thought, wait, what am I doing with all this spiritual teaching if at the root of all of it is fear? See, I I think I would have channeled my inner, <laughs> uh, being very selective about language here because it should be a string of expletives and I'm, I'm going to behave myself. I don't think I would react in fear. I think I would react in anger and I would act on that, which is not very Course in Miracles at all. No, no, but I mean, it's true, right? And sometimes yeah. you have to start with what's true. So it is important to say your affirmations and to retrain your subconscious and to allow yourself to sit in those zend out moments. But I also think it's equally important to remember that we're all humans and we're in a really difficult planet called Earth and we're just all trying our best. And this is why I think scheduling these almost like appointments to be with ourselves is really, really important. That's something I've started to do in the new year. At three o'clock, my phone dings me and tells me to stop and sit. I have it marked tea and book. (laughs) Oh, that's lovely. And that's my reminder to sit and with a cup of tea and read a book or just zone out. Okay. So for for those of us that may have a hard time with this concept, and I'm being, because I am busy, I'm always go, 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 is maybe you need like a, a, a little bridge or a liaison to get you to that place. So 
if it's a big deal for you to sit and knit or to, I mean, you can do this, you can let your mind drift as you're doing something that's automatic. So if, and, and I think sometimes if we do something with our hands or we do something that is even doing a puzzle, uh, like a jigsaw puzzle or uh, doing a craft or gardening or something, sometimes that can allow us, we're doing something, but we can drift with it. We can daydream with it. Yes, I'm I'm down with that. It's the sitting and doing nothing. Like even in my little 3 p.m. break moment, I'm drinking tea. And reading a book. And reading a book. And in this Nixon movement, you're supposed to do nothing. Just sit with your mouth hanging open and stare into space. <laughs> okay, I can do that. I can work on that. <laughs> but that's why I think if we try to combine this, like I like your word of like a bridge for those of us who are uncomfortable doing nothing and we do Nixon with daydreaming, I think it can really, really work. So let me tell you some more about my little research on daydreaming. So what studies have shown is that when the brain is allowed to freely daydream, it activates an area of the brain called the default mode network or the DMN. We aren't even aware consciously of this happening. We can't control when the DMN is activated, but we can control the thoughts and daydreams we have to program our DMN with positive images and goals we're working on. There's a science writer I read named Josie Glazias who says, daydreams are an inner world where we can rehearse the future. The DMN is where we get our sense of self. So how else can we become a co-creator with the universe if we don't first understand ourselves as the source. Psychologist Susan Nolan Hoeksma, I think I just butchered her last name, defined daydreaming as imagining situations in the future that are positive in tone. Now, Denise, studies also show that most people spend 30% of their day lost in thought. Do you think that's accurate? That's a lot yes. of time. Yes. I think that is accurate because when you think about how long your attention span really lasts, like we, so it, even if it's just a quick little blurb, I do think we get those uh, minor in-betweens where we're kind of out in space and not cognizant of what's going on. So I have, I have to jump back for a minute to this. So what immediately popped into my mind when, you know, imagining situations in the future that are positive in tone is people may have a certain outcome that they expect from someone else in their life, whether it's a family member, a relationship, a romance, and they're saying, oh, well, I, I can feel this. I know it's there. I, I know this is going to be this amazing, uh, you know, reconnection, or, or this is the love of my life. I wonder if part of this is when you're daydreaming, is it about your own like things that are you that are not trying to, and I don't want to use the word manipulate and control the situation, but I can see this as, but I, I daydreamed about it and I, I, af, I did my affirmations and why isn't this person in my life now? So I think really part of this feels like when you're doing this Nixon practice is allowing your mind to drift and just be, but not with an expected outcome. So, so yeah. it's kind of a mixed, mixed bag. Yes, yes. And if we're talking about daydreaming for manifesting like a relationship, you don't want to picture a specific person because that's unethical and it won't work. 
Mm-hmm. So if you do want to create a daydream for romance, picture you and someone like walking hand in hand, but just the backs of you like on the beach. Does that make sense? So you're not seeing a face. Right. And I think the key with daydreaming isn't so much on the visual, but the emotion. You know, if you've got a job interview, rather than daydreaming every aspect of the job interview, instead daydream on the two of you shaking hands over a signed contract. Mm -hmm. You know, like go to the end, go to the end result. Or, or daydream about going in with confidence, with your shoulders back, with a smile, feeling relaxed, like stuff that you can get yourself ready, get in the right mindset for that situation. Yes, exactly. And I think if we practice this Nixon in combination with daydreaming, it'll help us take that 30% of our day where we are lost in thought and have some control over it so that we're not lost in stressful or anxious thoughts. Makes sense. Yeah, I, th- I think it does. And I think it's it's a good way. It's a good way to combine this idea of being relaxed with getting our goals accomplished as well. See, there I am. I'm even multitasking when I'm doing that. <laughs> but daydreaming also allows you to find solutions to problems and creative insights that otherwise would not have been available to you. And this is something that the Nixon studies are showing again and again as well. There's this belief that our collective subconscious does not speak in words, right? We know that. It doesn't recognize English, Swahili, or French. The subconscious speaks through emotions and pictures. So that's why I think it's important if you are visualizing something it's not so much getting the picture right as much as it is the emotions. The two of them are, are important, but I think the emotion is the key. The subconscious also cannot distinguish between reality and fantasy, nor does it differentiate between past, present, or future. Everything is real and everything is now. So when you daydream, you're programming your subconscious to create the reality you're envisioning in the daydream. When you daydream with the emotions you'll feel when your goals are coming true, then you're really firing up the power of the subconscious. What you imagine most frequently is what you create. So if you allow your mind to wander during these zend out moments to anxious or stressful thoughts or past sad or regretful memories, you're going to keep recreating that. Because we are manifestors. We are co-creators. We're manifesting all the time. The only problem is many of us are so caught up with worries and fears that this is what we manifest rather than the positive life we're striving for. So I think it's so crucial that we all learn to harness this power that we have with our subconscious and the collective unconscious and flood it with positive images and emotions. Or like a rolling stone kind of just flowing through life into positive and negative experiences. So this also validates in my mind the fact that we're we're all tapping into that collective. And I know I say that a lot, but the more and more I do this work and the more readings I do and the more people I'm blessed to connect with, it just fascinates me to no end that there really is something to be said for all subconscious minds are connected and we are tapping into that vast energy field. And you can 
look into the Akashic records. You can look into the all of these different things that we all have access to. And this is what you, exactly what you're saying, that the power of our subconscious is so much more than people realize. It really is. I mean, it's it's a powerful, powerful tool that we have at our disposal. And I think most of us aren't using it. Because, you know, our thoughts are things. We've all heard that. There's been books and documentaries made about it. But science has proven it. Thoughts can now be measured electromagnetically. The protein bases of DNA look like syntax and language, which has led scientists to speculate that our words could truly influence our DNA. Okay, so now this goes into people who have had paralysis or who have some kind of uh, a prosthetic or something, and they've been able to put a, a chip in the brain that they can control that by thought. They can control the, the movement of that prosthetic by thought. I think that's fascinating as all out. Oh, I do too. I think it's, it's miraculous. It's, mm-hmm. it's amazing what scientists are doing now. Did you know that during our crazy COVID 2020 year, Scientists figured out a way to cure one aspect of blindness, the genetic, the people who have a genetic tendency to go blind, they cured that in 2020. Wow. I know. I know. That's incredible. It's such a wonderful thing. So I read this article online by Al Smith from, um, I think it's wake times, wakingtimes.com. And he had a really good chunk of information on how to daydream with your unconscious mind. He says, make your visual order easy for the quantum field to fulfill. Make your daydream order short and memorable so they're easy to replicate and then repeat them as often as you can until they are manifested. So just a quick like 30 second visual, like, like I said, a couple walking down the beach, um, an interviewer and an interviewee shaking hands and smiling or patting each other on the back, like quick little blurbs that you can just shoot out into the universe throughout your day. That's going to work a lot better than a long, intricate, detailed, involved daydream. It makes sense. It's that fine line between expecting an outcome and allowing it to manifest and allowing. So we'll say, we say this a lot in the classes that we teach, you know, allow spirit to help you get out of the way, let them come through. And I think that's exactly what you're saying with this is put those thoughts out there so that you can have that or something better. So when we limit ourselves, but you're saying shut down, let go, allow this to flow in your life more gently by visualizing and feeling that it's an, it is a possibility, but you have to get in that quiet place in order for your subconscious to be able to truly help you bring that to fruition. Exactly. Yeah. And here's another quote from Al Smith. He says, your subconscious mind is in continuous contact with the subconscious minds of everyone else. Your individual mind while in the daydream state is your personal control console for this collective subconscious. Now, I think that's really true. And I have felt that. I I think we all have. I mean, haven't, it's the old adage of, you know, you're walking throughout your day And you keep thinking of a certain person and that person texts or calls you that day. How did you know that? Well, you were picking up on it in the unconscious field. Mm -hmm. 
And so if our subconscious is connected to the collective unconscious and we're always communicating along this intricate web, if we're always putting out thoughts like, I'm not doing enough, I'm not enough, I need to do more, I need to make more, I need to achieve more, I need to be better, we're sending out this instruction for the universe to give us lack and less. But if we can get behind the controls of our subconscious once again and send out these quick little instruction orders through these quick daydreams, I think we can really start to harness the power of our ability to create the new year we want to create. That's a really nice way to put it. And I just got a flash and I'm saying this a little tongue in cheek is I'm sure there's are some people listening that are saying, I have no trouble at all staring into space and just doing nothing. And they're looking for the alternative of how do I get myself jump-started a little bit, or how do I allow those daydreams to become more a manifestation and not just uh, an avoidance or a maybe someday I'll, or if I wasn't so. And I think that's, that's an interesting perspective on this work. Well, we are going to be doing a show on taking action with your new year goals. So we are going to cover that. But we think before you take action, it's really important to sit with your goals, your resolutions, whatever you want to call them, and really reflect on them. And incorporating this this new trendy term of Nixon into that, I think can be really helpful because sometimes the goals we're striving for aren't our goals or there aren't they're not the goals for the new person we are or the true person we are. Or they're goals that are more in alignment with what other people expect from us or with what the old us thought we should achieve at this stage of our life. But when you allow yourself to sit and just do nothing and just play with your daydreams and your mind and your future and just kind of really think and reflect and go within, you can really get to the core of who you are and what you want to achieve and create now. Okay. Don't you think so many of us do that? We just have the same goal for so many years and it's like a carrot on a stick in front of us. And suddenly we realize, I don't even know if I want this anymore. Okay. So that's an excellent point because, and this goes back to the collective, what has been coming up for a lot of people lately is this feeling of what do I really want for me? And not in a selfish or a self-centered or an egotistical way, but I think as empaths, as sensitive people or or just in general, I think for most of us on the planet right now, it's trying to figure out, is this what I really want? Or is this about my children or my partner or my job or my family or my caretaking? And I think with this Nixon process, you can decide, is this really what what's highest and best for myself and where I'm going in my life? Or am I trying to still take care of everybody else's needs and wants and desires? And I think when we are trying to achieve something that isn't really for us, it's for the family or it's for our old selves, we're going to come up against so many blocks and challenges when we're trying to manifest. But when we actually get to the core of who we are and what we want, that's when you get into the flow. Right. You know, I've, I've told this story many times on psychic teachers and in my manifesting classes. So forgive me if it's repetitive for some of you, but 
when I used to teach manifesting to my English students, one of my co-teachers was like, I want to learn this. I'm going to do a goal book. And I said, go for it. And so she created a goal book and it was all about stuff that she didn't really want. She was a teacher and she had that job to provide benefits and a consistent salary to her family. But her true goal and her true dream was to open up a spa with her husband. They had met when they were in massage therapy school. And so she shows me her goal book and it's beautiful. And it's all around teaching and getting promoted to department chair and winning teacher of the year and, you know, all this stuff. And, and I said, this isn't at all who you are. Yeah. You're a great teacher. Yeah. Can you achieve this? Hell yeah. You could, I'd love for you to be our department chair, but it's not who you are. And I said, throw this away. I kind of put it in the trash can for her. And I said, start over, do a new one. That's just your true goals. And so she did a whole new goal book around her and her husband opening up a spa. And within a year, they did. And about a year or two into them running the spa in our town, a man was in town. He kept coming to their spa for, I think he went like three times in one week. And he told them that he owned several spas in Hawaii and was looking for a couple to manage three of them. Would they consider relocating to Hawaii? <laughs> wow. Let's think about that, Denise. That's a hard one. Hmm. <laughs> they sold their business and they've been in Hawaii ever since. And I just love that story because could she have achieved the goals in her first goal book? Could she have been the department chair and gotten teacher of the year? Yeah, she definitely could have. But is that what she wanted? No. And when she dropped those goals that were practical, and necessary. I mean, yeah, her family needs benefits and insurance and a steady paycheck. But when she dropped those and just allowed herself to daydream and focus on what she really wanted, that's when she manifested miracles for her family. And it happened easily, so easily, because she was in the flow. She was also tapping into her authenticity and truth and, and life path with, I, I think that combination is unbeatable. Yeah, I do too. Now, also when we're achieving our New Year's goals, it's important to also put it into perspective. I got so many emails in 2020, Denise, from listeners and students who said, I'm just not manifesting this year. What am I doing wrong? And I emailed them all back and said, you're doing nothing wrong. It's 2020. <laughs> I mean, don't you think that sometimes the the energy in the universe just isn't conducive for what you're trying to put out there at this time. And so we have to have patience. We have to have the gift of surrender, which we've talked about. We have to have this total trust that what we're trying to achieve will manifest in the right time and in the right place. Is the year to do it as we're moving into air. And taking this time to daydream and just allow, just to float down the river for a little bit rather than trying to force something into play or an expected outcome or this is my goal, this is how I task analyze to get there. I think this process, this technique could be really helpful for all of us. I do too. So are you going to do it? Are you going to sit and do nothing today? Well, today's that's a little sketchy, but <laughs> I'll, I'll put it on my list. <laughs> 
What about when you're when you're walking grace? Do you allow yourself oh, your mind? Oh, all the time. All the time. And that's exactly what I was thinking about earlier when you were talking is that's when I can daydream and space out. And I've gotten to the point where I don't listen to things usually when I'm walking. I used to listen to podcasts or talk to people on the phone or, or do whatever. And now I just use that as complete quiet time. See, so I it's think it's like a little, well, it's a little mini off the grid time. And just I don't be do present. That. I, I am always listening to something when I'm walking the dogs or, or walking for exercise or, well, when I do yoga, I don't listen to anything and I do meditate, but I always meditate with a purpose. I'm always bugging my guides for something. And so uh, this is something that I really need to work on. I do daydream at night, like when I'm trying to fall asleep. That's usually when I will try to do this daydream thing. But I put so much pressure on myself over the stupidest things, Denise. Like I have a stack of books I'm looking at on my desk. I want to read all of them. And I feel pressure to read them. And they're fun books. They're not like, oh, I've got to read this because we're doing a show on it. They're just my fun, you know, enjoyable fiction books. And yet I feel like I have to read everything and learn everything and blah, 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 blah. And I, 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 one of my goals in this 2021 is to move away from that stupid, I mean, you're never going to read all the books in the world. It's not going to happen. You're never going to keep up with everything going on in the news. Not that I want to lately anyway, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, just, but stop. you, but you are because you've put three o'clock tea and book. Yeah, but I'm reading. I need what I need to do is put three o'clock, do nothing. <laughs> but isn't let's see, this goes back to what I was saying about if you're knitting or doing a craft or whatever and it shuts your brain off. Is it going into that daydream world of of a fiction book? Maybe that's your bridge to get to the place of doing nothing. Yes, I agree. I do think I do think that is now. Now that two of my girls are drivers, I do make them drive a lot when we go places. And oh, that's I, nice. And I, I love to just look out the window and just let my mind go when when we're driving. So that's one time that I do it, and I do take my weekly baths, and I don't do anything when I'm doing my salt bath. I don't listen to music or a podcast. I just sit. So I do do it. I just don't do this on a daily basis. And that's what I think research is showing that if you can do this just for a few moments, we're not talking like sitting on your couch, you know, drooling into nothingness of space for an hour. From what I read, it's just, you know, a few moments here and there, five minutes here, 10 minutes there. I was just thinking about when you're driving and then you realize, how did I get here? And you don't remember because you've been spacing out. Yes. That's I an uncomfortable feeling of, of daydreaming. It is. It is. And you wonder, like, where did I go? And who, how did autopilot kick in? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's a really good goal, especially after the year we're all coming off of, to really even write it down on your to-do list. I'm going to rest today. I'm going to do nothing today. I'm going to practice Nixon today and just check it off because we all deserve it. We all deserve this moment of, of nothing in our day. It's a good, it's a good goal, <laughs> which kind of counteracts the whole point of this, but not really, because I think making it routine and part of the day is the goal so that you don't have to think about it. You just do it. 
Well, baby steps, right? You know, right. we got um, an email question and I don't think I've answered it yet. So I apologize if I haven't, but someone emailed us, Denise, and said, your podcast is named Enlightened Empaths. Does that mean I have to be enlightened to understand your show? Oh my goodness. If that's the benchmark, we're all screwed, aren't we? I know. I was like, <laughs> uh, no. We're not enlightened. We're trying to be enlightened. So I just wanted to say that, you know, the things we talk about, it doesn't mean necessarily that Denise and I have mastered these things. That oh, we talk about. <laughs> oh, not even close. But I'm trying to master this idea of resting and, you know, just sitting and doing nothing a little bit more. And that's why we thought it'd be fun to share it with you guys as well. But we are not enlightened, spiritually evolved, wonderfully perfect people. I, I don't think anyone living and breathing is. I think that's why we're all here is to strive to be these things. And if you can do it for a moment today and two moments tomorrow and three moments the day after that, it's all baby steps getting us to where we all need to be. Well said. Thank you. Well, we hope you guys have enjoyed this. If you've practiced Nixon and want to share your results with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can always email us, enlightenedempaths at gmail.com, or you can message us on Facebook at Enlightened Empaths. We hope you have a beautiful week filled with moments of doing nothing. And before we finish up, uh, Samantha and I will be offering the mediumship classes in February for the 101 and in March for the advanced class, we're only going to offer the introduction class one time this spring, and that will be on Thursday evenings in February from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then we'll continue with the advanced class at the same time on Thursdays in March. So we'll be having those both available on our websites. We'll send you the survey to see which may be a better fit for you. And the introduction class is very basic. It's about, so if you're at the beginning end of things and you're saying, well, I'm kind of in the middle, when you go through the survey, that will help you and, and us see what would you most benefit from in these courses. Yeah, and each class is taught over Zoom live, so you get to interact with us and other students and ask questions and share experiences. But if you can't make one of the Thursday evenings, all webinars are recorded and emailed to you the next day. And you know what's interesting, Denise? The February and March classes on Thursdays, the same exact dates. February 4th, oh. 11th, 18th, and 25th in February, and 4th, 11th, 18th, and 25th in March. Isn't that neat? That is neat. Yeah. So we hope you join us. If you want the survey so we can put you in the right class, you can email Denise at uh, Denise at thegratefulmessenger.com or me, Samantha at samanthafay.com. So we'd love to have you in class. And if you have questions or want outlines for the classes, again, just reach out to us and we will send those to you. So as always, please remember to show up, do great work and share your light. Take care.